0: Hey, everybody, Steven Wessner here. Before we jump into the episode you're about to listen to, I want to make sure you knew about our free business assessment quiz. As you have no doubt heard me share over the last several months, the majority of business owners find themselves stuck in full-on survival mode because of today's crisis. Given that, my predictive ROI team and I doubled down and built an easy-to-use and free online quiz that you can complete in about five minutes. When you do, you'll see if you're building your business on a broken foundation or if you've mastered the basics and are properly set up to come roaring out of this recession. Just go to PredictiveROI.com quiz. That's PredictiveROI.com quiz for all of the details. Get ready to find your recipe for success from America's top business owners here at Onward Nation with your host, Steven Wessner. Good morning. I'm Steven Wessner, CEO of Predictive ROI, and your host for Onward Nation, where I interview today's top business owners so we can learn their recipe for success, how they built, in how they scaled their business. In fact, my team at Predictive ROI, well, I continue to encourage you to go back to Our predictive ROI resources section, because as you've heard me say, probably, that back in 2019, early on in 2019, we doubled down our commitment to make that resources section to really turn it into a resources library. And we were committed to that all the way through 2019. And then as we stepped into 2020, and now we're mid 2020, our commitment remains strong. We are still doubling down on that resource library to make it bigger, better deeper and more helpful to you. So now you can download free practical and tactical guides for everything from how to create your ideal client avatar, how to land your dream clients, or even our new business to business podcasting for profit secrets ebook. Plus there's other success strategies and checklists and guides that we have compiled from the brilliant insights shared by our very generous guests. So just go to predictiveroy.com/resources to get yours. And as always, everything is free, and everything you request, we will send it right to your inbox. Before we welcome today's very special guest, Onward Nation, and our guest today is Greg Dickerson, let me share some additional context around why when Greg and I connected, uh, because of the great introduction from Zach Beach, so Zach, if you're listening, thank you very much for doing that my friend, I appreciate it. Why, when Greg and I had that phone call, and then, and then he said yes to being my guest today, why I was over the moon excited for this conversation. Greg is a serial entrepreneur. He's a real estate developer. He's also a coach and a mentor. But over the last 20 years, and I shouldn't say but, and over the last 20 years, he's bought and developed and sold over $250 million in real estate. He's built and renovated hundreds of custom homes and commercial buildings, and he has started 12 different companies from the ground up. So, huge credibility indicator. He's obviously built and scaled in a particular niche in real estate. But then, and I shouldn't say but then as in recently, but over the last several years, Greg has made this decision to really double down on sharing his thought leadership getting super intentional about being helpful to his audience. But why? So when I asked him about that, you know, as we were preparing for our conversation, he said to me, well, you know, Stephen, back in the day, you know, being a student of guerrilla marketing, online, offline channels, back in the day, you know, you could do X, Y, and Z as marketing strategies, and and that would work well. But today, you really, as a business owner, you really need to be a media company. And that absolutely 100% rang true with me. You need to be intentional about sharing your smarts, your insight, your wisdom on a consistent basis with your audience. And I think he's 100% right. So we're going to dig into how getting intentional about thought leadership is now helping him build the coaching and mentoring side of his business and also how this renewed commitment in 2020 about blowing out those channels, blowing out the helpfulness and taking that even deeper across other channels, how that's being even more helpful to his audience. Because and I, when I asked him about the why, real simply, he said to me, look, Stephen, leaders set the pace. And how can I expect those participating in my coaching and mentoring programs to become media companies themselves if I'm not doing that to the greatest degree, which is a hundred percent right. And so I think this conversation on Word Nation is going to be extremely helpful, not only from somebody who has built and scaled 12 companies, awesome, not only from somebody who has sold over $250 million in real estate, awesome, but somebody who has approached his thought leadership in a very serious and intentional way about being helpful to an audience. So with that said, I am so very excited. Welcome to Onward Nation, Greg.
1: Steven, thank you for having me. That's quite an introduction. Thank you so much.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for saying yes. I'm just delighted and honored to have you here, my friend. So before we dive into the, what is probably going to feel like a, a litany of questions uh, that I'm going that's to right. ask you <laughs> before, that's <what> I do. <laughs> before we do that, take us behind the curtain and tell us more about you, your path, your journey, and, and then we'll dive in.
1: So adult ADD, right? That's what describes me. No, uh, very focused and deliberate, but I like to stay busy. I like to do a lot of different things. Um, I'm the guy that started everything from the ground up from scratch, learning it all the hard way. Uh, I went in the Navy right out of high school. I'm a natural born entrepreneur. So let's back that up. So as a kid, I'm the guy knocking on your door. You know, hey, Stephen, my name's Greg. I live down the street. I need to make some money. What do you need done? I'll wash your car, walk your dog, cut your grass, rake your leaves, anything uh, babysit your kids. If you don't have kids, I'll find kids and I'll babysit them. So, you know, I mean, that was me, right. Natural born salesman, natural born entrepreneur, um, starting at a very young age. My dad uh, taught me a lot of hard lessons. You know, I did all of the work around the house. I got paid for the chores. And, uh, if I went and cut grass using his equipment, he would charge me for the equipment. So I had to pay rent on the equipment. And uh, then when I got to a certain age, I had to pay rent to live under his roof. And, If I ever borrowed the car before I had my own, I had to bring it back with a full tank of gas. So, you know, when I borrowed the car on Friday, it always seemed to be on empty. (laughs) You know, Uh, and I had to bring it back with a full tank or I didn't get to use it again. So those were the lessons I was taught at a very young age. You know, strong work ethic. My dad was a career military man. Uh, My mom worked for Blue Cross and Blue Shield her entire life. So no entrepreneurs in our family at all. Everybody was either career military or uh, corporate America. And uh, but I always I always had this bent that I wanted my own business. I wanted to do my own thing, carve my own path. Um, I wasn't good in school. wasn't a good student. um, wasn't a good learner. Nobody could reach me. Uh, You know, the teachers had trouble reaching me. And uh, you know, and I'm uh, I guess I was a bit of a hyperactive child. Uh, So um, I got through school. Worked a number of jobs in school. Anything from telephone sales to pizza delivery. Uh, to restaurants. And then uh, when I got out of high school, I joined the Navy and I did retail in the Navy. So I learned a lot about business and a lot about retail and military got out and uh, did some work in some in restaurants and construction it was the only two things that I ever did. And I was working on a restaurant and uh, a guy was building an addition on it. And he hired me to come clean up after him. So that's when I kind of got my start in construction and started learning, you know, the construction trades and then Fast forward to 1997, I moved to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and I had a couple little small businesses before 1997, but I moved to the Outer Banks of North Carolina where I'm sitting right now in 1997, a little coastal community off the coast of North Carolina and uh, moved there to open restaurants. That's what I wanted to do. But I got into construction instead after the first season of working in a very seasonal summer vacation destination restaurant industry, no fun at all. And, um, I decided to get into construction. I started as a little handyman remodeling contractor. And that was in 1997, 98. And uh, my first year, I did about 250,000 in sales, just me and my truck and my tools. Seven years later, I was a $30 million company, largest builder developer in the area, one of the largest builder developers in the area. And I started uh, 12 of those companies all along the way during that seven-year period. Built them all up, sold them all off, and then kind of semi-retired and I've been developing and investing in, you know, building and growing companies ever since. So that's kind of me, you know, in, in a nutshell, long story short.
0: Okay. So there's some, there's some really good stuff there. I I don't want to, before we dive into the thought leadership piece, which is going to be a lot of fun. There's some huge nuggets, I'm sure, in the seven-year path from $250,000 to $30 million. I mean, that's right. that, that obviously doesn't happen by accident. Uh, there are a lot of blood, sweat, and tears there. So if you were to give Onward Nation business owners maybe a couple of the biggest lessons that you learned during that seven-year period that you feel like looking back on that now were contributing factors or key ingredients, however you want to describe it, in your recipe for building and scaling? What, what might a couple of those lessons be?
1: So, you know, I didn't go to college, um, but I am self-educated, very highly self-educated. So I would consume anything I could get my hands on. And I worked for a restaurant organization, Lone Star Steakhouses, before I moved to the Outer Banks and started this company. Uh, after I got out of the Navy, I had a five-year period of restaurants and construction. And um, I read a lot of books at that organization and we had regular meetings, but that company taught me numbers. um, And it taught me how to budget, how to break down the numbers and how to run a business by the KPIs, by the numbers in great detail. They also taught you how to be a leader, delegator, motivator. So they taught you how to manage other people, how to recruit, hire, train, how to work with each other and how to lead, delegate, motivate and manage other people. So I learned some some extremely valuable skills when it comes to scaling a company, and I was with that company when they went from um, I don't know it was 100 restaurants to 500. So uh, and I was a regional director, started from scratch with that company and built, worked my way up to a regional director. I had about 13 restaurants under my uh, super uh, under my watch in in the area of North Carolina that I was in before I moved the Outer Banks. So learned a lot of great lessons there that I was able to apply to the construction business. So. Basically, I'm a leader, delegator, motivator. So I kept pouring into myself, learning how to lead others, learning how to manage, learning how to delegate. And, um, and then the other part of it was I was a marketer first and foremost before anything else. Okay. So in order to grow and scale a company, you need two things. You need, to, you need people uh, and you need customers, right? So you need people in your organization to build and grow and scale. And you got to develop those people. And then you need customers to come in. So I I read guerrilla marketing and I learned how to be a marketer first and foremost back in the day when your media uh, was all offline. So I was offline media company doing everything I'm doing today, but offline. Uh, And then I was growing and developing people. So you've heard the old adage, a lot of business owners say, Hey, I want to work on my business, not in my business. My philosophy has always been work on the people in your business. So they work on the business for you. So I didn't grow and scale any of my businesses. I grew and scaled people to scale the businesses for me. So that's what I am. I am a developer of of human capital and I leverage human capital more than anything else. That is the most valuable resource in your business. I was very fortunate to learn that early on that people are the most valuable resource in your business. Nothing else matters, it's all about the people.
0: Okay. So that's that's really smart. And, and the reason being is because I, I think that that's a unique point of view uh, to you. And, and, you know, I mean, we, we've done almost a 1,000 interviews here at Onward Nation. And, and we often talk about building and scaling. Obviously, that's one of the purposes of the show. And we often talk about resources and so forth. And, and, and I will say this, after having almost a 1,000 interviews... I've never ever heard one person say. Now they may have, uh, they may agree with you. They may say, "Absolutely, Greg is right there, and we've done the same thing." I've never heard uh, somebody say it through the point of view or the lens like you just did. Grow and scale people—that's really smart.
1: Yeah, and everybody will say, "Oh, yeah, I know that, of course." But are you intentional about? Right. It? Have you been intentional about that resource and looking at that as the most valuable investment you're going to make in your business? Because your business is made or lost. It's, it's won or lost. It's made or broken on the people. Now, the people are your employees, first and foremost. Then it's your customers, clients, vendors, subcontractors, everybody involved in that organization. So not only did I build the people within my organization internally, I also developed all of my subcontractors, vendors, and suppliers along with me to be able to grow and scale that quick. So I would hold seminars, not just for my employees, but our entire team. I would bring all my subcontractors in. I would help them become better business people so that we could all win together. And that's how we were able to scale up and scale out so quickly uh, in that business. And you know, for everybody listening, if you've got a $1 million business, a $10 million a year business, or $100 million a year business, you got to exit that business at some point, right? We're all going to liquidate sooner or later. Everybody's going to exit that business, whether you're a selling it or passing it down. So you have to put these systems in place and you have to build the people in your organization so that you can do that. The last thing you want to do is spend your life building something that you just walk away from because it can't function without you.
0: Well, okay. So let me let me ask you one more point on this, and then we'll move to uh, some of the thought leadership stuff that I want to pick your brain on. But when you mentioned run a business by KPIs, that but then but then you also went on to say, I looked at my role as leader, delegator, motivator. And as we're continuing to talk, growing and scaling people, that made me think, and maybe I'm off base here, I'm just curious, that made me think that, okay, if it's a KPI-driven business, awesome. If his role is leader, delegator, motor, motivator, awesome. That makes me think that maybe there are KPIs in each one of those buckets. Like there are KPIs for being a leader, KPIs for being a delegator, KPIs for being a motivator. Am am I on the right track with you?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, every area of your business, you can put metrics in place, key performance indicators, KPIs in place to measure the performance of that department, whether it's the top, the very top leader. Um, How do you measure a great leader? You ask his people. And a great leader is measured by how well the organization runs without you. So it should arguably run better without you than it does when you're there. So uh, the KPIs also, as running the, the business by the numbers, it gives you a predictable business, right? So you know that if you do X, it's going to result in Y so that you get Z. So it's, it's a predictable, consistent outcome by looking at the numbers, managing the business by the numbers. The truth, you know, is in the numbers. So it, it takes the emotion and the guesswork out of the game in terms of, you know, budgeting, financials, you know, things like that. So uh, all, of your, all of your metrics of the numbers of the business, when it comes to people, you know, your KPIs are how satisfied are your people? How happy are they doing what they what they're doing? Are they excited and engaged? Do they want to be there, or are they just ticking off the days and just checking the box and bringing home the paycheck? And you know, um, there are certain jobs out there, call centers, this, that, and the other. I mean, you got to have people that are just you know checking the box and doing whatever. But for the most part, even that, you can have engaged, excited people if they know that they're appreciated. If they know that they them showing up the best they can be that day you know, I always ask people, Hey, are you good at what you do? Oh yeah. 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 I guess I'm good at it. Well, are you the best Mm -hmm. you at what you do? Are you doing the best you can possibly do every single day? Because you know what? That's what everybody's counting on. You know, when you and I show up at the coffee shop, we don't hope to get, you know, an adequate, mediocre cup of coffee. We want a great, hot, fresh cup of coffee. So that barista needs to show up, right? They need to be the best they can be that day at that job, not the best in the world, but the best they can be that day. So anyways, That is a KPI for your employees. How engaged are they? You know, how excited are they to be there? How happy are they to be in that organization? And you as a leader, how consistent are you? Do they know who's going to show up every day and what kind of a leader they have? And are you setting the example? Are you leading like you and I talked about with the the media company? The leader sets the pace of the pack in the organization. So everything comes down to the behavior. If you're looking for a certain outcome, you got to be able to put performance standards in place. And you have to measure the behavior and hold it accountable to the performance standard. Measure the behavior, hold it accountable to the goal that you're after. And then that's where you can start looking at, am I getting what I'm looking for or am I not? And then that's how you adjust and grow with the business. So yeah, absolutely. You have KPIs in every area
0: that's great mentorship thanks I mean because you that that's exactly what you're doing here is you're giving great mentorship to onward nation business owners love that it's awesome and and you just gave us a couple of accountability lessons there holding our team accountable to their respective kPIs so as we transition into this next piece which is the the media company piece which is the thought leadership piece I want to start us off by sharing three uh, research statistics or re- data points, not research statistics, that's redundant. Uh, Three different data points with Onward Nation business owners because I think it's going to be really relevant to this next section, Greg, that we talk about. So Onward Nation, uh, here's a couple of, or three data points for you to consider as we lead into this next piece. So uh, 90%, uh, this is about how the buyer journey and the buyer himself or herself has changed. 90% of the buying journey starts with an online search today. 90%. 90% that means that your prospects are prospects without you ever even knowing that they're prospects. So 90% of the buying journey starts with an online search. There's I recorded a YouTube video a few months back that cites all these statistics and sources. So let me give you the next one. 70% of the business to business buyer journey happens before a prospect's ever identifies themselves to you, right? So again, they're going deeper in that funnel and evaluating you before you even know they're a prospect. And lastly, 63% of business-to-business buyers say they can develop selection criteria or finalize a vendor list based solely on your digital content. That's why this section, this blueprint that we're going to talk about with Greg, is so critically important because it is literally you putting yourself out in adding value first. So, Greg, let's start there. Like, when did when did that really sink in for you? That hey, wait a minute, there's a shift here. I need to make myself an online media company, and I need to be providing value first. Like, when did that start for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I've kind of known it all along, uh, but it more hit when I started to, um, do some, like I'd write articles for newspapers and magazines. And then I did a few news interviews. Like I was on Fox news one time, um, interviewed on the phone, kind of like we're doing here, um, about the economic crisis back in 2009, people would reach out anytime I spoke, anytime they read something, people would reach out to me. Mm. So I, I realized, recognized, you know, number one, that just, you just get perceived as the expert, when you do that. So people just automatically see you as an authority. They see you as an expert because you're speaking intelligently about a subject and you're giving and providing the value. So that's when it kind of kind of hit me there and uh when podcasts started becoming a thing, I did a couple of podcast interviews, same kind of thing. People would reach out to me after that and say, "Man, you know, thank you for that. I just I never thought about this that way or I yeah, know I could really use your help with that." So, um it just kind of is a naturally occurring organic thing. I love your 90% figure. Because in real estate, as a real estate developer, investor, broker, uh, over the years, you know, b- that was the biggest first shift, was that 90% of your real estate buyers started their search online and the whole Zillow and all that. So by watching Zillow, watching how the real estate process and transaction in the world of real estate changed, as a builder, being in an area where our clients didn't live here, right? I'm building vacation homes for people outside of my area that live in like, you know, Northern Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. Um, reaching them. So they're looking you up, searching you online, things like that. So all of that kind of came in. And then, of course, I was, you know, followed Gary Vee from the beginning in his, his, I don't know if everybody remembers when he did, what was it, Wine TV, his first YouTube channel. Yep. He was really the first one to come out and really start talking about what we're talking about now at a high level, doing his Wine Time TV or whatever that was when he started. So I've kind of watched Gary and followed his career and a few other public figures out there that are doing it. But it wasn't until I, I had done a couple of podcasts and a couple of speaking engagements, and people were reaching out to me afterwards wanting me to hire me to help them with their business. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've always been a coach and mentor my entire life, as I've told you, in my businesses, other businesses, things like that, but never as a business. And then when that started happening, I was like, man, you know, there's, there's an opportunity here. People need help. So, uh, so what I decided to do was to get very deliberate about it really in the last year and a half. And as I'm coaching people, I'm telling them, hey, you need to be doing this. And they're like, well, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> you know, so I'm like, okay. So I said, I will show you. So I will lead. And actually, I remember one time I had a friend of mine that challenged me with Facebook, um, you know, because I was putting some quotes out. He's like, is that your original stuff? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, right. Whatever. So like, I'll tell you what, I'll put something up original every single day and you watch it. And I, that's where it started. So I started posting on Facebook and Twitter every day these little one liner quotes. You know, I've got these little sayings and these little quotes that are all mine. They're all original. He said, there's no way you can do it every day for a year. I did it every day and I've still been doing it. Now I do videos instead of quotes. You know, I do videos every day and just share. So that's kind of where it all started. And I've learned how this game works of online attention, you know, online proliferation, content proliferation. And I really learned what it means to be um, a media company in this day and age. If you want to be relevant, if you want to be current, in your business, like you said, your customers are vetting you well before they ever walk inside your door or call you on the phone. They're researching your credibility, so you got to show up first and foremost in a very simple online search. They're checking reviews, they're looking what other people are saying, they're looking at the content you're putting out. So I don't care what business you're in anymore. You have got to have to have a competitive advantage. Uh, you really need, and if you're trying to grow and scale, and you want to really dial this in. You've got to be online. You've got to have that, that credibility online. You have to have that content and that platform so that you can show people why you are truly different, why you're the expert, what makes you so unique, and so you know, why they would want to do business with you. And not everybody's right for everybody. So, they, you know, so it saves you time as a business owner, especially if you're like professional services, something like that. It's qualifying your prospects for you. So you don't have to spend all that time You know, engaging with prospects that will never do business with you because you just don't mesh. So people can vet you well before they ever reach out. So the sale is pretty much already done for the most part, because they know how you operate, they know how you think, they know what you know. You're sharing, you're giving them the real stuff, the real good, you're not doing any of this. The one thing you need to know, and you never tell them what that one thing is. You know, you just go out and you give your best stuff. You tell them what they need to know, and they're still gonna want to hire you, engage with you to do it. And Yeah, I don't care what it is, whether you're a baker, whether you're a flower shop owner, whether you're a landscaping company, a builder, a lawyer, an accountant, uh, a doctor, chiropractor, whatever it is, any business you're in, if you have that content and that presence and you're sharing your knowledge and your expertise in a sincere way that you're trying to help your customer and the public at large, you know, that's just 99, like you said, 90% of the game is done right there.
0: Hey, Onward Nation, I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to share a practical and tactical resource with you. When we first released our book, Profitable Podcasting, it became a number one new release on Amazon in less than 18 hours. Well, that was nearly three years ago, and we're still getting great feedback on how helpful the book has been to business owners just like you as they launched a podcast to build their business. When I think of strategies that you could be applying right now during these challenging times, having your own show, which would be a conduit that you could use to teach and share your insights with your community, launching a podcast or growing your existing show really should be at the top of your list. I want to help you get started by giving you access to a free chapter of my book. Just go to PredictiveROI.com resources and you'll get the chapter where I show you how to confront and overcome your three biggest obstacles to success. That's PredictiveROI.com resources and we will send it right to your inbox.